Welcome to the Pacific Forest Foundation's Talking Timber, where each week you meet the professionals behind the Northwest timber industry. Hi, welcome to Talking Timber. My name is Diane Mettler, and I'm your host and executive director of the Pacific Logging Congress. In this episode, we are going to be talking to Molly Johnson and Jamie Knight from the Oregon Women in Timber to find out more about that organization and the National Forest Products Week which is held the third Sunday in October and runs for that week. In the meantime, we want to thank our sponsors, the Pacific Logging Congress and the Pacific Forest Foundation for making this podcast possible. If you don't know about either of these two great organizations, check them out online, www.pacificloggingcongress.org and www.pacificforestfoundation.org. Their mission is to provide sound technical education about the forest industry. The Pacific Forest Foundation provided over $24,000 in scholarships this year. If you or someone you know is studying in a forestry-related field and would like a little assistance, check out www.pacificforestfoundation.org. Okay, on with our conversation with Jamie and Molly. We'll start out with Molly Johnson. I currently work for the Oregon Department of Forestry. I've been in the office here for over a year now as an administrative specialist one. Um, I also work on fires um, and currently work with the public information officer this last year as um, Jamie took um, an assignment, a developmental um, one. Okay. Yep. So prior to Oregon Department of Forestry, I worked at Boise Cascade for over five years. Um, The last couple years, I was um, a executive accountant, and then before that, I was at just the administrator there for working for um, the log buyers and log accounting procurement department. Okay, great. And that's that's how I got in with Oregon Women in Timber, starting working. I mean, with Oregon Women in Timber at that time. Okay, great, and. Um, Jamie? All right. Uh, My name is Jamie Knight, and I work for Oregon Department of Forestry. I'm currently the state aviation coordinator. Uh, This is my 22nd fire season. I worked one year with the um, U.S. Forest Service on the Wallowa-Whitman National Forest, and I've been with Oregon Department of Forestry for the last um, 21 years. Um, I recently became affiliated with Oregon Women in Timber uh, through a lot of mutual friends. You can't work in the business for 22 years and not make friends along the way that that, um, help you grow professionally and personally. So that's how I uh, got involved with OWIT. Okay, great. And so maybe you could um, tell us a little bit about OWIT's activity with the Force Products Month. Sure, I can help you a little bit with that. The Forest Products Month, we actually um, send out flyers to the fourth graders, to uh, the Union County fourth grade schools, um, which pertain to LaGrande, um, Elgin, Imbler, Union Cove, North Powder. And what we do is we get um, some stuff off the OFRI website, and then we pick out amongst us which one's the best packet that best fits like the fourth grade, and then we 
get all that information gathered up and distribute to all the schools. That's one things that one of the things that we do. And then we also do video recordings that are out on the radio. And then we also just, you know, pinpoint a few talking points and people go out and record it and then they play it throughout the month. They call in, they do they do a questionnaire type thing. And if they answer correctly, they have put their name in it in a chance to win a quart of firewood. And your auction, it's this year? Not So it's not going to be virtual. It's going to be like our normal auction or okay. that we do at the, the logging conference in Salem. Okay. And, and what we do, each, each county tries to, to provide some auction items that we procure. And then we, we reach out and say, hey, you know, this is, this is happening again this year. You donated last year. What would you like to, if you would be willing to donate again this year? And if so, what would that look like? Um, so we try to do that. And we're actually going to start working in on that real shortly. Actually, already have. But, um, okay. And then we go down there for the whole week. We start Monday and our auction is on the, on the 23rd, February 23rd. Okay, perfect. Anyways, and so it is conjunction with the the logging conference down there. And so we have a dinner, we have the auction, we have a silent auction, we have a live auction. So the live auction, we procure large items and do fairly well. And the last couple of years when we had it live, um, you know, we've pretty much filled up the building, lots of silent auction items. It does quite well. So if do you take donations from lots of companies? Because I could just, you know, should they, if someone wanted to donate, would they just reach on your website or? Yep. You have, we have a website that you can do. It's all about, there's just one specific thing about the auction. You can reach out to us that way. You can reach out to any chapter that's local or whichever's, you know, that's convenient okay. or closer to your chapter. So you can get it to us. So then it's a write-off for your taxes. It's just super, I mean, it was super helpful for businesses. Um, and then that way we can also get information for a thank you letter and, nice. and invite to actually come to the dinner itself and be a participant in that. Yep. Well, that's it. Well, I'll, I'll back up here a little bit. I should have asked before um, for folks who don't understand or haven't heard about it, what is National Forest Products Week? All right, I'm gonna wing it, Diane. Yep. Go for it. <laughs> Which is something you should probably never do, but National Forest Products Week is a recognition of um, the timber industry and all of the things that we uh, benefit from that are involved in National Forest Products Week. So it gives us an opportunity to highlight our um, local businesses, contractors, and the people who are um, using the timber industry to provide for all of us. So this is the, the OWIT's, the things that you're talking about are things that OWIT's doing specifically for the sort of the Oregon. Um, yes, and I should state that's just for our Union County chapter. Okay. Um, that's what we're doing. Um, I'm, I am not sure if like the other chapters, I'm sure they are doing something, but, um, uh, I am just speaking on behalf of Union County chapter, um, for the forest products month. Okay, great. And so your Union County chapter, how many folks are in it? Oh my gosh. We've had quite a few the last couple of years entering or um, signing up. So I want to say there's probably 20 or more probably. Oh, nice. Five. And I, I assume your guys are pretty active even throughout the year, not just for the 
Forest Products Week. Yeah, we we try to meet several times a year. It was been challenging at times um, with COVID, but if not, we did it through email or virtual meetings. Um, we also do our Ag Timber Parade um, that we put on in Island City and recognize you know the Ag Timber industry in Union County. And we do a bench warmers. We help with the bench warmers golf scramble. Which is the profits to help that we that we can that we get from that? There's a, a portion of the profits that they provide that they get to our Union County chapter for helping them do that. Okay. And so, for folks who want to kind of get involved in the Forest Products Week, um, mm-hmm. would they go to your website, contact you? How would they, you know, get involved? Yep. So they can go to our website. Um, we have a Oregon Women in Timber. We have a a membership, um, or not membership, I'm sorry, uh, social media committee. Mm-hmm. And then we meet, we try to meet once a month um, via Zoom. Okay. And so we try to keep posted different things every month to try to um, stay with whatever is going on, you know, in Oregon okay. as, as it's pertaining as for news and to try to keep things posted. We, we do... Um, yeah, Forest Facts on Friday, and then we try to do a membership aware. I mean, like show like a, who's a new member or who's been a member for the longest in different chapters. So we try to recognize that through each every month, and uh, we are growing a lot, and we're getting the younger people. I feel like that we are getting the younger people more interested and more active, and they help a lot with the with the um, social media part of it. Oh, that's great. So yep. so why do you think the extra interest now? Just you guys have been good at getting the word out or something else? Um, I think it's kind of twofold. I think getting the word out and like Molly said, being creative and in outreach and starting to capitalize on social media, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, all of the ways that, that uh, people tend to get information these days. And then I think, too, there's just an overall awareness, um, particularly for Oregonians, about um, forests and forest health, health and forest management. And so mm-hmm. I think that folks are, are more interested and they're seeing more of it in the news. It's more on the forefront than maybe it was a couple of years ago. Okay. Are you seeing people more interested in the getting involved in the um, Forest Products Week as well? or? Um, I think it helps that we put a lot of the ads out there on the radio. And I also think that it helps that we reach out to the schools so people can learn more and be better educated on exactly what it is that we do and what we're supporting. And if you get more people interested on about, you know, the awareness and learn more about it, um, it, they, they generally are more open to either reach out to us and ask us maybe um, to, to have more information or maybe interested in joining Oregon Women in Timber. I just okay. feel like um, I just feel like it's starting just to become more of an interest because I feel like we've done a pretty good job in the county, in this Union County chapter to just get more awareness for the um, forest products and what it means. Yeah. So do, do you have teachers that reach out to you specifically too, as well as going to them? They tend to reach out more to us a lot of the times if they're needing. So like if they have somebody that wants to do practice a 
a speech to get ready for a conference or something that they're attending, they will reach out to Oregon Women in Timber and say, hey, can this student come in and practice their speech? Or nice. there are several of them. So that's super helpful that they reach out to us as well. So they know that um, we're available for, for, for students to get some guidelines on different directions that way. Oh, that's great. Do you, as a chapter, do you guys have some goals for the year or next year? Things that you're trying to accomplish or out there in the horizon or? Um, I think that just continuing to bring awareness to the, to the forestry issues, you know, in our area, mm -hmm. um, as well as, um, the fundraising efforts so that we can continue to provide educational and outreach opportunities uh, to our communities is probably our two biggest goals. Okay, great. Oregon Women Timber is just females. There are no guys in your your chapter. I'm I'm guessing right. Correct. So to be <laughs> but to be fair, like what Jamie just said, we do get a lot of support from the gentlemen. And if it wasn't for a lot of the the timber. Um, males we we wouldn't be able to do some of the things that we're currently doing within okay. our jobs so it looks like um one of you has had quite a bit of experience with the fires this year um any um sort of challenges this year you had to face or um actually uh, molly and i have both um amongst pretty much everybody in our office had quite a bit of fire experience this year okay okay um, and so, you know, we've, we've had a little bit of, um, significant fire activity in our district, which covers, um, we're in the Northeast Oregon district. We cover Union Baker, Willow and Umatilla counties and, and small parts of Grant Morrow and, um, Malheur counties. Okay. So, um, we've, we have had fires in our district. Um, but of course, kind of the more newsworthy things are typically what was happening in Lake and Klamath counties. And, um, we've, I think we, I can say that most of us that traveled for fire this year were on um, one or more of the fires down in the Lake and Klamath County area. So, so um, yeah, my question was kind of what were you guys doing there? Um, well, so my duties have all been either aircraft related um, with the management and coordination of the state aviation assets or um, public information officer related. So providing the news and the, the outreach from the fire to the public. Okay. Molly? So I was um, in currently training in the public information officer. So I also went to the bootleg fire um, with Jamie. And then recently now I'm back into my finance world of being equipment, time recorder, uh, personnel time recorder. And now I am currently on the payment team, which is you audit all the files for what's out on the, the resources that are out on the fire. And then if it all looks good, then you then you submit it in to get payment. So the contractors and vendors will get paid at a ah. timely manner. So what were some of the big challenges while you were out there this year? Um, I think that probably one of the bigger challenges was uh, from my perspective was from the public information realm. Um, the the people of, of Oregon in particular and really all over the West have been completely inundated um, by fires in the last couple of years, really the last few years. And yeah. so um, they're becoming much more educated, which while that's a great thing, um, it, it tends to make the job almost a little bit harder because um, a lot of times they're not asking the, the easy statistical questions. Um, they're starting to see that there's differences in how agencies fight fire 
and how different fires react. And so um, folks are starting to ask, you know, kind of the harder questions. And and then, um, you know, COVID adds an extra dimension to everything. And so people are are oftentimes concerned about how COVID could impact um, firefighting efforts. And so all of those things kind of wrapped up together um, with some really dynamic fire environments Um, really added to the workload of of the public information officer this year. I can imagine. So I kind of bring it back a little bit. So you have all this information about fire and you guys are doing all the Public, you know, awareness and, or communications. Um, are you able to apply that to OWIT? Do you take those information to the classrooms, fire information, or is that something that gets brought back into the? Well, a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the information that is out there that we provide to the public, uh, I mean, to the classrooms, has something to do with you know the thinning and what is uh, working for us. So okay. that's kind of pertains to help, you know, to help that. So there's some fire management there to help okay. do okay. that. And Jamie can add on to that too. Yeah, you know, I think um, as we look at strategies for communication within um, OWIT, one of the things that's it's a recurring theme is is wildfire. And there's so many different angles and branches of how you can talk about wildfire, what you should be talking about wildfire, that it gives us ample opportunity to to continue to push the messaging about um, active forest management being a really a, a wildfire mitigation strategy. We're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors, the Pacific Forest Foundation and the Pacific Logging Congress. As I mentioned, their mission is to provide technical education about sound forest practices. This November 7th through the 10th, the Pacific Logging Congress will be holding its annual convention at the Hyatt Regency in Indian Wells, California. This event is filled with great networking opportunities and amazing industry speakers. They invite you to come join them. For more details, please visit www.pacificloggingcongress.org. Okay, now we're gonna get back to Molly and Jamie and talk about how the forest fires this year have affected them and their organizations. Okay, great. And did did the fires or anything affect the Forest Products Week? Is that anything that had an impact on that for you guys or? No, I don't think for us locally Mm -hmm. um, it did. You know, I can see uh, another one of my hats that I wear is I'm the seedling coordinator for the Northeast Oregon district. So um, I work with a private nonprofit entity that provides um, low cost seedlings to private non-industrial landowners. And um, just knowing what the seedling picture looks like across the West for the next five to 10 years, um, I can see where, you know, we, we may need to get a little bit more creative about our messaging um, in reference to forest products and, um, how fires are impacting the forest products sector, and then how um, folks can get involved in the replanting and reforestation efforts, um, as well as the just kind of the awareness of the drain that's already existing in the system and continues to get a little bit bigger every year. Okay. And for folks who might want to get involved in the National um, Forest Products Week, do you have any advice for them? If they might, someone's listening here from Montana or California, or if they wanted to be involved, if they're maybe not from, they're not in your area, but, you know, listening here and they're from another state or. 
I think I would reach out, you know, there's, there's land management agencies across the nation. And so reaching out to some of those, some of their local contacts at, um, you know, both with their, um, department of natural resources, um, state lands, um, really even the oftentimes the fish and wildlife folks are tied into the forest management and reaching out to some of those folks and finding out how they can become involved is probably a really great first step. And then looking into some other entities and, and agencies, um, organizations like Oregon Tree Farm System um, or American Tree Farm System um, or small woodlands organizations and things like that can often provide opportunities for participation. Okay, great. And just so I'm clear, what date is actually the Forest Products Week this year? Um, it looks like National Forest Products Week begins the third Sunday in October each year. Okay. And then does the OWITS run all October then? So we have a product, yeah. So we have a products month that we do, but we actually provide the information and we also provide the stuff for the schools and we run the ads for the week, the actual week, but we do other things, you know, to help advertise that we call it the, the month, you know, forest yeah. products month. Okay. So we follow along the week, weekly thing. That's when we, that's when we have all of our stuff dispersed to the classrooms and our ads will go along with it. Oh, okay, great. And I love interviewing folks from OWIT because they're always excited about the organization. So mm -hmm. I was wondering if each of you could kind of say what the sort of highlight of the organization means for you or when the... I'll go first. So um, to me, I think that the organization is awesome in the way that we do reach out and we do highlight and promote um, forestry as an industry. Um, forestry isn't always at the, the forefront of any discussion when it comes to um, industrial impacts or uh, future careers or anything like that. And so I think that everything that we can do to, to highlight or spotlight um, forestry and the opportunities that do exist, and then the reasons why forestry is so important uh, to folks, even if, if they don't want to work in the sector, but just pointing out all of the things that we get from forest products and the way that we use them in our day-to-day -day lives, um, I, I think is crucial to, to keeping the industry alive. Nice. So me for the highlight is 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 similar. It is also the highlight is education awareness. Get people aware of what it actually means, what's what we're doing, what we're trying to portray out there, and how many people we can reach to get them to understand. Not even the adults, but the children too, because they learn it and they have to hear it, and then they you know they grow up saying, oh well, maybe this will interest me as they get older as an education, you know, as something that they might want to perceive in the future for their education. Um, and also just meeting some wonderful people out there that has a passion for the forest industry um, and see their passion and how much they put into this um, on their own time and their free um, in their free time, which sometimes you know we don't always have that free time, but you make it and it's it's amazing to see how far we have come, I believe, in Oregon Women in Timber since the seven years that I've been involved from getting, you know, more, more awareness out there by social media just for the younger people and to see the younger people being more involved and active, um, I, said, I think, um, says volumes. What sorts of social media are you guys using? Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Instagram. Yep. Is any one of them being kind of a more more powerful than the other two, or they're all? 
I think that, you know, I think by and large, at least for our rural communities, Facebook and Instagram tend to probably reach more people. Um, Twitter is great for communicating short messages, but so often the things that we need to communicate or that we want to communicate um, can't be said in 140 characters. And so being able to kind of tell a little bit more of the story succinctly um, across those other platforms, I think is a huge benefit. Okay, great. And how did each of you guys actually get into OWIT? I mean, someone huh. invite you or you just heard about it or? Um, personally, I have a lot of friends that are on the Union County chapter of OWIT and it had interested me for quite a while, but the timing just never was right. And I actually got invited, um, to one of their first, like, um, uh, kind of after COVID opening meetings and, mm-hmm. Uh, I went and I was like, yep, I can do this. This is an organization I'd like to be involved in. Um, and so now they're kind of just stuck with me. <laughs> okay. And she's doing great because she started doing the social media part of it too. So that is amazing. So she's doing great that way. Um, for me, uh, it was when I started working for Boise Cascade and I was in, I was new to the forest products. I, I was new to that cause I came from agricultural background and then okay. I said, well, sure, I'll help do this. I'll sign up. And I have been very passionate about it ever since. Oh, nice. And I, 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 I think I asked you, but I forgot how many are in your chapter at the moment. I believe there's like 20 to 25. Yeah, I believe so. I think the Lane County chapter is growing significantly, um, but I think that we are one of the largest chapters in the state. And and I think one thing to highlight, you know, is per capita. That's pretty awesome because there's not, you know, there's, we definitely don't have as many people in our county as like Lane County has. So to have that big of a draw um, of folks that are like-minded and really want to promote forestry and forest products and, and the industry is pretty awesome. Oh, it is amazing. (laughs) I've, I've done quite a few career days and outdoor schools and stuff. And the one Mm -hmm. thing that I always like to tell folks is, you know, you don't, you don't have to come from an agroforestry background. I sure as heck didn't um, come from a forestry background when mm-hmm. I decided that I wanted to, to be a firefighter and forester. Um, and there are opportunities across the board for folks to work in the industry. And so um, even if you never considered logging um, or forest management as a career, you know, there's um, geographic information systems for the people who really love to um work on the computer and analyze data. There's firefighting positions, there's there's forester positions, there's plan writer positions. There's there's so many opportunities that aren't specific to going out with a chainsaw and cutting trees down. And so um, I would really hate to see anybody, you know, discount forestry as an opportunity for a career just based on the fact that um, what they see is, is rough and tumble people with chainsaws. <laughs> Um, because there's so many other things that and are so, available for them to do. And, and, and a lot of openings that they were going to go seek them out right now. So. Yeah, absolutely. There's, um, you know, there's openings in, in virtually every kind of opportunities with private sector and um, government sector and, and industrial and everybody's looking for good employees right now. So there's a lot of, of opportunity and a lot of ways to, to kind of get your foot in the door there. 
certain schools, um, the teachers, teachers will ask for uh, Forrester to come in and visit and uh, being the former district public information officer, a lot of time that that duty fell um, to me. You know, one of the, my favorite things to do is to ask kids, you know, have you ever considered a job in forestry? And my goal is, because usually maybe like one hand goes up in a classroom of 30, even though we live in a largely uh, timber and agriculture-based community. Um, and my goal is, is to have several more hands up when, when I leave there, you know, I get oh, to nice. tell them about all the really cool things that I get to do to, to um, make money and have a job. And it's, you can almost see their like little brains start turning when you, you, you find the one thing that connects with that particular kid. Oh, nice. Yeah. So Molly, what do you, what do you feel about the careers? Also, I assume you agree, but I do. I agree exactly what she's, what she just said. For me, I really wanted to be a wildland firefighter. That's all I wanted to do. I went to community college to get a wildland fire degree. And, um, fortunately for me, I had a major advisor that was way more stubborn than I was even, which is shocking, but, um, he really encouraged me to get dual degrees in forestry management and wildland fire management. And there is honestly seldom a day goes by that. I don't think, uh, everyone in my life for, you know, kind of leading me down that path, but particularly that individual, um, because I can't imagine now myself not being a forester and, and right now not being a a field forester, you know, still working for the agency, but not being a field forester. There's definitely days when I just miss the woods. And Molly, how did, were you, were you destined? (laughs) Well, I don't know about that, but, um, life, life, um, opportunities had changed for me a little bit. So then I got into the woods, uh, you know, the, uh, lumber industry and then started working more and more and interested in like the, the forest and how it works and the logging side of it. And then it it just, it kind of, it just kind of grab, grab held and I mean, held that one. And then, um, this Oregon department of forestry job came open and I decided, you know what, this is something I would be interested in, in, looking into and it was a good decision and I'm loving it and learning more and more each time about, you know, the fires and the, the, um, more of the forestry department side of it. As a, so the companies you work for, are they trying to attract through social media and that kind of thing? Is that how, or is it? Um, for department of forestry, we have a, a pretty, uh, robust social media presence, um, okay. now. And so certainly all, I think all of our jobs probably get advertised, um, on social media. And then, uh, we've been doing kind of, a uh, like an Instagram takeover where different folks, uh, from the agency will take over the, the agency Instagram for a week and provide some photos of what they think is really cool about their job. And so I, I do think that that's a, it's a really good outreach technique um, for the younger folks. We want to thank Molly Johnson and Jamie Knight for taking time out to talk to us. And thanks to our sponsors, the Pacific Logging Congress and the Pacific Forest Foundation. To learn more about either of these organizations and the great things that they provide, just visit their websites, www.pacificloggingcongress.org or www.pacificforestfoundation.org. Okay, until next time, take care.
So you need to raise a lot at that fundraiser. So yes, we do. 